and we are now recording. Okay. So Les, this is a really weird question for me to ask. Having I've just said your name out loud and I've spoken to you for a while, but if you could just introduce yourself, please. I usually I used to be say with your name and what you had for breakfast. The breakfast bit doesn't go out on the on the podcast. It's just so I can make sure your sound levels are all sounding good to me. Okay. Yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. My name's Les Hammond. I'm 66 years old. And today is Monday, the 21st of November. Fabulous stuff. Thank you so much, Les. Um, first of all, appreciate your time coming on the podcast. You usually just ask people to start with just to tell me a little bit about themselves. So tell me tell me a bit about you, Les. As I, I was going to say, as though we're meeting for the first time in the pub and we've got a pint. <laughs> okay. So my name's Les Hammond. I'm 66 years of age. Um, I joined the army at the age of 17 and a half, and I spent nearly 26 years in the armed forces as a military policeman. Um, having left the armed forces, I then went into the security industry where I did uh, a number of senior roles. But um, about 12 years ago, I, um, I went into the health and safety um, side of the operation uh, and I did that until very recently when I retired in September. Well, I guess my story goes back to July last year, um, where I, you know, uh, because of COVID, we were all working from home and I was sat on a computer eight, 10 hours a day, pretty much like everybody else. Uh, and I started to get real stomach pains and a bit of backache and everything. But at first, I thought that that was just being sat down on the computer. Um, and things like that. So I ended up uh, going to my doctor and uh, I ended up having a scan. And I, um, they confirmed that at that time I had a, a stomach infection called Helicobacter pylori. So they gave me antibiotics and that seemed to clear it up. And, you know, the sort of pains dissipated and went away. Although every now and then I'd get these pains and then um, the back pain. But then in um, the end of April this year, these pains suddenly returned and they were sharp, severe pains sort of coming down from here, right down through my stomach into my groin. And the back pains were the same. They were horrific back pains. I couldn't get comfortable, etc. So um, I had a number of um, appointments with the doctor and then we ended up having CT scans and CAT scans and what have you. Um, and then I think it was in early June um, that they actually diagnosed me with pancreatic cancer. Now, that came as a shock um, because when I, I basically I went to A&E because of the pain, um, but I'd previously had a scan 10 days previous to that. Um, and A&E uh, sort of pushed me forward um, through the process. And then about two o'clock in the morning, having been processed, the A&E doctor came to see me and he said, I'm sorry to inform you, but you've got stage four uh, pancreatic cancer. So I, I sort of went, excuse me, what did you say? Stage four pancreatic cancer? He said, yeah. He said, I'm sorry to tell you that. And I went, oh, wow. Um, okay. Right. Where are we going from this? He said, right, we're going to admit you. We'll get the pain sorted out and then we'll we'll deal with you from there. So the next day I had um, a specialist, um, one of the specialist nurses come and see me, Jane, and she sort of said to me, has things been explained to you? And I said, well, they've told me I've got stage four uh, pancreatic cancer, which took my breath away. And she said, have you been told anything else? And I sort of went, well, no, not really. I've, 
you know, I know I've got this disease now, but that's all I know. So Jane was absolutely fantastic. She spent an hour with me explaining about pancreatic cancer and how it might affect me, but also explaining that the problem I had was where the tumour was in the pancreas and the fact that um, the tumour had sort of grown around the main artery leading into the aorta, the heart. Uh, and that was a particular, uh, you know, problem and concern. So um, having, you know, been treated in hospital and then came home, um, we then had a, a series of appointments that we had to attend at the Clatterbridge Hospital in Liverpool, uh, seen the oncologist there. And, you know, myself and my wife, Elizabeth, we went to, and seen this oncologist and he went through everything with us and explained everything. and all this kind of stuff. And very shortly after that, um, my pancreatic uh, cancer treatment started with chemotherapy um, and, and things like that. So I've got to you know, really state that since the uh, diagnosis of pancreatic cancer um, and then having seen the, um, the uh, professor of oncology, um, the treatment I've had has been absolutely first class it's been world-class outstanding the appointments are on time um etc um the chemo is you know it does knock me it's rough yeah it's, it it does knock me and i you know I, I i can't take that away um the very first after the very first chemo treatment i actually ended up in a and e um because i was so so poorly um, with having the the, the chemotherapy therapy, so I ended up, I think it was four days in um, in A and E, and then they sort of uh, sorted me out, um, and then you know the treatment after you know I had tablets and you know the treatment etc. Yes, it does take its toll on you, um, so it's been quite a journey. Um, but uh, so I had the first six uh, sessions of chemo and I was rescanned. And at that point, I was informed that the tumour um, had reduced by about 10%. Um, but that's the overall size of the tumour itself. The downside to that is currently the tumour has not reduced around the main artery leading into the heart. So as a result of that, I'm now receiving um, another six sessions of chemo. Uh, so I've had the seventh. Um, and five most more to go uh, following on from there. So, yeah, it's been a journey. Um, I understand there's a journey ahead. Um, is the surgery going to be available for me? Well, we're not quite sure at this point. Um, my initial prognosis when I see, seen the oncologist at the very beginning was practically 100% that there's no chance of surgery and that they would need to do treatment, treatment, treatment. However, since that, they're now optimi optimistic that there is potential for surgery. Um, so, you know, things are looking positive. Um, and, you know, I, I wake up every day with a positive attitude. Um, from the day of prognosis, um, myself and uh, my wife Liz, I've just adopted 100% positive attitude 100 percent. we've had no negative thoughts um we, we've just said 
we'll fight this together with my family, you know, uh, support from friends and things like that. And, you know, they've been truly amazing as well in their support um, throughout this um, throughout this episode. And, you know, as I said, we, we've just remained 100% positive, absolutely no negative thoughts whatsoever. Uh, have we ever, you know, thought about? I was going to say, you've come across really, really positive. Realistic, but positive at the same time. Is that, was that fair to say that you, there is that element of realistic realism in there? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I think, you know, it's been my outlook on life. I think, you know, being in the armed forces for, you know, nearly 26 years, I think, you know, the training that you go through, you know, uh, as you progress through the ranks, you learn more, you know. And I think it gives you that outlook on life that, you know, don't look back, look forward. Um, and, you know, as I said, that's that's the only thing that my, myself and my wife Liz uh, have adopted and my daughter as well, you know. And our attitude is that we'll fight this and we'll win. Uh, and that, you know, we, we've got a goal that, um, you know, we, we carry on with the um, – the chemo procedures, and hopefully we'll get to that surgery. Um, even if it's not, you know, the full surgery, you know, even if they can remove part of the, the tumour that may be left. But um, as I said, the, the my latest oncology appointment, you know, the oncologist is fairly optimistic that with continued chemo and then potential or possible radiotherapy at the end, then, you know, we can get a grip of the tumour um, that that is currently uh, causing all my little issues. <laughs> I love those all just all those little issues. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. had you heard about much about pancreatic cancer before you had you went you you got that diagnosis? Nothing whatsoever. Nothing whatsoever. And I think once once I did get told, and we sort of you know looked it up, I, I think. Wow, that gave me a kick. It, it, it took my breath away, you know, um, because, um, you know, you hear about people, you know, being diagnosed with cancer and, you know, they've the sort of passed away within a few weeks. Um, you know, I'm lucky here we are, you know, um, November. I was diagnosed in June. Um, so, you know, as I said, that positivity still remains. Uh, we, we move forward. We'll fight. Um, and, you know, it's just that's the outlook on life. You know, there's a goal to get to and that's to, you know, fight this damn thing and come out, you know, at the end of it with, you know, got rid of the little blighter, if you like. So, yeah. How important has it been having your family around you and your family supporting you through this? Uh, I couldn't have done this, Charlotte, without them. Yeah. Um, my wife has been, you know, absolutely outstanding. The rock that she is, you know, she's truly unbelievable. The strength of Elizabeth has been, you know, unbelievable. I mean, she's always been strong. I, I knew that from, you know, when, when we first met and married and what have you. But to see the resilience and everything that she's gone through with me while I'm, you know, going through this journey is unbelievable. She's absolutely unbelievable. And my daughter, you know, my daughter's there, you know, she doesn't live with us now. She lives with a partner, but she's, you know, around four or five times a week, phones every day. How are you, dad? You know, um, other members of the family, you know, on the phone, friends. It, it's been, you know, the support has been brilliant. But I mean, my wife, 
has been an absolute rock. You know, we, without her, um, I possibly wouldn't be here now. Um, and I say that because the amount of tablets that I'm now on, you know, to control pain and I wouldn't have a clue which tablet to take at what point. But my wife is there. Everything's organized. They're all in the little pots. And, you know, she says, you need to get this now. From the day of diagnosis, um, Liz has run a diary. She writes a daily diary of how I feel, you know, about the food I've eaten, um, whether I'm well, whether I'm ill. Um, because the, 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 the chemo does affect you. Um, at the start of um, the di uh, diagnosis, going back to sort of um, the, the, or the problems arising at the end of April, um, I was about 18 stone. Um, and within about 12 weeks, I dropped four stone, um, which in a short amount of time was unbelievable. But when, you know, I was in the amount of pain that I was in and I couldn't eat properly, I couldn't, you know, I food just didn't agree with me, give my uh, stomach pains, everything. So, but eventually, you know, with, with the, the pain control, the support of the uh, specialist nurses and everything and in getting the pain under control, um, you know, it, it's fantastic. So I'm happy to report that I'm now starting to put weight back on. Um, so that's a good thing. But, um, yeah, but, you know, the, the, there are phases to, you know, the treatment. Um, and it, would you like me to explain? Yeah, please. Sort of yeah, that'd be really useful, I think. Yeah. Um, I think best way to explain it then is that normally I have my um, chemo treatment on a Friday. Um, so I go to Clatterbridge in Liverpool, uh, have the treatment, and then uh, at the end of the treatment, they attach a little bottle, if you like. So the, the, this little bottle is attached to this pick line, and over the next forty-eight hours, the bottle feeds an extra amount of chemo into into my system. Uh, and then Sunday evening, I have one of the district nurses come and they remove the little bottle from me. So Friday, I have the chemo. Saturday, Sunday, I feel quite okay. Um, and then Monday morning, uh, once the little bottle's gone away, I start to feel quite unwell. And that progresses throughout the will uh, throughout the week, um, and I sort of tend to have um, sort of nausea and feeling sick um, and what have you. I have uh, like tummy ache, um, like a constant tummy ache and things like that. It does affect your bowel movement, especially because what happens the amount of painkillers that I'm taking together with other tablets to control pain. It sort of um, blocks you up, if you like, and makes you constipated. So then you take another medicine to try and control that, and then you become the opposite way. And so it's trying to get a balance without going into things uh, and working. But myself and Liz, we've managed to work out, you know, when, you know what I do and how I do things, and we've pretty much got there, in, in all honesty. So... Um, yeah, and uh, and then so I go, you know, so I chemo Friday, feel okay Saturday, Sunday, Monday start to go downhill, feeling pretty rough, um, sort of um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then sort of Saturday morning comes and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I feel good again. And then I tend to have a good week. 
where I, I feel energized. I'm able to go walking, go shopping, even get out in the garden a little bit and do a little few bits and bobs. And then, of course, Friday comes along and then we start the fortnightly cycle again. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a journey and it, it, it can be quite hard. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hide that fact. You know, chemo, it does impact me. And, of course, chemo affects different people in many different ways. But certainly, you know, it does impact on me for, for them sort of five or six days. Um, and then, you know, as I say, once once um, I've got them, then fine. And then in addition to uh, the chemo as well, um, the, the I have steroid boosters. So once yeah. once the little bottle comes off, I then start taking steroids. And then I start having injections into my tummy which deals with the platelets in my blood and, you know, my blood levels and things like this. So I have five days' worth of injections. So with the chemo, with the steroids, with with the tummy injections, you know, everything sort of, you know, comes together and, you you know, you feel pretty down. And, and then, as I said, Saturday comes and I start to bring into a bit of life you know, feel a lot, lot better, and then we have a good week, and then we get pinged again. But um, you know, so I don't look forward to Fridays the second week. Um, but you know, would I stop it? No, absolutely not. You know, it's the journey I'm on, uh, supported by Liz. It's the journey you know I will take. I'll get to the end of the road, um, and hopefully that you know that at the end of it there will be, you know, a good outcome for me. Let's say that. So, you know, positive. What would you like people listening? What what kind of message would you like them to get from you? Or what would you, is there one thing that you would like to, to say to everybody who's listening to this episode today? I think if I had to say anything is that if you've got any pains, any feelings where you've got body changes and you're not, you know, all of a sudden you think, hey, what's going on here? And you sort of, you know, things aren't normal is go to a doctor immediately go to a doctor and say, listen, this is not normal for me. Now, if I look back in retrospect, probably July last year, when I was confirmed with this sort of tummy infection called helicobacter pylori, thinking about it retrospectively, that was potentially the signs and symptoms at the beginning of when really we could have done more investigation. So I think, you know, the current message is, and you see it on TV, is go to your GP, go as soon as possible. Um, if you're not happy, you know, go and get, go and see someone else, go to hospital, do whatever. But I think it's really important to try and catch these things, in particular cancer early, is that you must sort of insist on having specific tests. Um, and that would be my message. Don't be scared. You know, there's nothing to fear. Well, I suppose there is ultimately, but, you know, if, if you've got pains, if you've got problems, something's not right, go and seek advice. Go and seek help. Seek out your GP. It's better to know your enemy than to not know your enemy, isn't it? Most definitely. Most definitely, yeah. Yeah. Pancreatic cancer um, is very, very difficult to detect. Now, I had probably, God knows, dozens of blood tests 
And throughout the, the initial period of when, you know, I first went to A&E and had all these scans and everything, every time they came back and they took bloods, you know, bloods and everything, everything was, was come back and said, well, you definitely haven't got cancer. You definitely haven't got cancer. Um, and then, you know, so, you know, you go away with a frame of mind, well, I've not got cancer, etc. You know, so it's something else. What is it? I know I've not got cancer. It's not bowel cancer. It's not tummy. It's, you know, so you feel good. And then, so it's not picked up under normal circumstances. Um, my um, cancer was picked up uh, on a specific scan with dye. I think it's called a PET scan. I've had that many. I can't remember what's what, to be honest. Um, and, but even, even so, you know, that, that was two weeks had been taken two weeks prior to me going to A&E because I was in so much pain and I couldn't get it under control. And then to be told, you know, by the A&E doctor that, well, that scan you had two weeks ago has shown that you've got cancer, you know, and I'm thinking, well, why haven't you followed up on that two weeks ago? Why am I now here? You know, so the pancreatic cancer is not picked up by a normal means. Um, so for pancreatic cancer, there needs to be a specific type of blood test um, together with, you know, different types of scans, body scans, PET scans uh, and the like. Um, yeah, um, it's it's pretty difficult thing to detect uh, in all honesty. But I honestly, I would urge people, please seek out your GP. Don't be fobbed off, you know, challenge challenge the GPs um, because it, it, it is very hard to detect.